So today is Giving Sunday. We, we are giving to children all over the world, and we're going to talk about how we can give here at the gathering. Now, people start getting tense when they start seeing that T word right over there in church, or you start talking about money or giving or anything like that. Boy, people start getting nervous and uh, a little defensive around church, and understandably so, because uh, there's been great abuse in the church. By and large, not in this church. We've actually done really, really well for two years, and, and uh, we're, we're about to uh, explain some of that. Uh, but, but throughout the history of the church, unfortunately, there have been uh, abuses. Uh, there have been really just some bad teaching, you know, and, and we've all heard it. Um, I will promise you this. Now, we're going to talk about the blessing of tithing today. We're, we're going we're to talk about the spiritual principle of tithing, uh, and, and once I get through that, Kate's going to come back up here and give you the practical principle of what your tithe and what you're giving is doing within the gathering, how it's being utilized. And, and I believe that we've been very, very good stewards of what the Lord has given us through, through the body. Uh, but I will promise you this, you are not going to hear a doctrine or, or you, you'll never hear this concept that if you give to the Lord, you, you know, he's going to make you a millionaire. Or, or if you, you know, put a down payment on your miracle, come on, bring it in. You know, all that type of stuff. That's, you know, uh, you know, this parking lot, profits, bathroom profits, all this type, just, just, no, 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 no. But I do want to talk about tithing today, uh, present it with some very sound principle. We don't have to hype it up. We don't have to get emotional about it because I think you guys are far more intelligent than that. Uh, the Lord has blessed all of us, and so we're going to be a blessing. Uh, I will also say this uh, as we talk about the principle of tithing. Uh, I, as a pastor, I am not going to be a police and go around and check to see who's tithing, who's not tithing. Look, tithing is a form of worship. It's very intimate between you and God. The reason why I want to talk about it, number one, we don't talk about money much in this church. Uh, we're probably not going to talk about money a, a, a ton in this church. Uh, we're we're going to present it today as certain needs arise. We may mention it here and there. Uh, we will let you know how you can give, but, but that's a form of worship between you and God. And, and what you give ultimately is between you and God. Uh, I'm not going to ask uh, sweet Helena. Most of you don't know her. And I say sweet Helena because Helena really is a sweetheart, isn't she? She's, she's an accountant who actually uh, keeps our books and our records for us and maintains our budget for us and all. And, and just uh, she is very, she's, she's one of the sweetest people you're going to meet, but she ain't going to be sweet if I go and say, I need a report of everybody who's tithing and not tithing and, and keep me up to date. Not only that, it would just give me tired head and I just don't really worry about it. So. Uh, we're we're going to just speak the word out. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he does. And then the Lord's going to meet the needs uh, of this house, however he needs to meet the needs. And uh, whether it's via you guys or via whatever, uh, it's all in the Lord's hands, right? So everyone take a big, deep breath. And on you, when you exhale, I want you to say money. Oh, we get to talk about money today. I'm excited. So the, the joys of tithing. What is tithing? Uh, I think some reasons why folks don't tithe is sometimes they've just not been taught about it. Uh, the reason why some folks don't benefit from tithing is, is because some, some people just do it uh, just because that, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You know, I, okay, I'm saved. I got in church. I, I'm supposed to tithe. Uh, I was telling the guys before church, it's kind of like, you, you ever seen those people that like when you're a kid, you know, some people got baptized because grandma drug them down and said, you need to get baptized today. I'm sick of dealing with you. Get up there and get baptized or whatever. So you, you go on up and get baptized or whatever. 
Uh, or you ever, some of y'all ever been in a church, especially if you grew up in a Baptist church or Pentecostal church or whatever, where you'd have big altar calls, you, and, and you ever seen someone drug down to the altar to get saved just because somebody else got moved and, and just said, come on down with me, let's go get saved, you know? Okay, let's go on down there. Uh, in other words, it, it just, it, it doesn't affect your heart, it doesn't affect your spirit. But what I want to talk to you to, about today is to, to bring clarity, to bring enlightening. The, uh, the Bible said that when thy word enters, it brings light. It also says, in all you're getting, get understanding. So I want to present some understanding for you today about tithe. So first of all, what is tithe? Let's just define it. What is tithe? What is a tithe? 10% of one's income, which presents an opportunity to worship God by setting it aside as holy unto the Lord. It's a consecrated tenth. Now, now if traditionally in the Bible, a tithe is a tenth. Okay, a tenth of whatever it is. In the Bible, they weren't always dealing with money. Back then, uh, some of their wealth had nothing to do with money in the, in the form that it is uh, that we know it today. It could be crops. Uh, it could be uh, livestock. A tenth of the first part of your crops. They called it the first fruits. Bring the first fruits or the first tenth of your crop to the Lord. You set it aside for the Lord. Or, or if you had ten oxen this year, if... if, if, if your, your livestock gave birth to 10 oxen. Well, one of those oxen will belong to the Lord. You're going to set it aside. And that's what holy means. You know, we, we make a big deal about, ooh, holy. You have to be holy. You know, that's, we, we have this uh, whole concept of being holier than thou. Well, all, what holy means is to be set aside. If you set something aside for God's purpose, you give it to God, that means it's holy. That's why they call it Holy matrimony, right? Why? Because I have set myself aside for this spouse, and then we've set ourselves aside for God. It's holy matrimony. You've been set aside. So uh, the biblical definition of a tithe would be a tenth. You set aside a tenth. Now, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just, just move on each and every one of you, and, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, to whatever that, frat, that, that percentage is, if the Lord moves on your heart, that's going to be between you and God, you know? If at this point in time you say, look, I, uh, okay, I feel better about giving a fifth. Hey, if that's where you're at, you give what you give. You know, okay, maybe a third. If that's where you're at, that's between you and God, okay? It's, it's, not, it's not something I'm, I'm going in on. But I will give you a principle about this tenth. We're going to talk about what's so powerful about the tenth. So you set it aside and you say it's God's. Okay, now, this is, the, this is the wrong concept that many of us have had for years. Man, I got to give 10% of my income to God. I got to set this tenth aside. I got to give it back to God. Actually, that's false. You're not giving it back to God. You're returning it back to God. Because everything you have came from God in the first place. All your income, whether he's providing for you through your job, your business, through an inheritance, whatever, it ultimately came from God. And so you're returning back to him something that he asked for. And we'll get into the scripture. As a matter of fact, he takes it pretty serious. Why? Because God needs money? No, God doesn't need money. God doesn't need your money. Because ultimately, it's his money anyway. God wants your heart. And there's a principle that says, hey, if you will consecrate this, set it aside back for me, I've got your heart, and I've got your whole heart, and I'll treat it as if you gave the whole lump sum back to me. 
But don't get too self-righteous about, ooh, look at that, I paid my tithe. Well, you know what? No, you just gave God back what was already his. It's like this. If Ryan comes to me, like he often does, and says, dude, I'm broke. No, he doesn't. He, he actually doesn't say that. <laughs> but say Ryan said, hey, I'm broke. I say, okay, I'm going to give you $20. So I give Ryan $20, and I, I hand it to him, and I say, hey, now two of those dollars are mine. Okay, I need two of those dollars back, but here's $20. Then the next day he comes back and he's like, here, I'm going to give you $2. And he feels very haughty about, look at that, I had to give Dave $2. Well, no, it was already mine. I gave him what he needed. I provided for his need. I just asked for $2 back. And, and that's, that's kind of, we, we have to sometimes shift our mindset about tithing. We, we really don't give our tithe or pay our tithe. It's actually we return our tithe back to the Lord. And, and he's pretty serious about it. In the Old Testament, he was so serious about it, he said, you know what? If you spend my tithe rather than return it back to me, if you use it, I want it back, and I actually want it back with interest. That's how serious God was about it. Why? Because he was this mean God? No, because he was serious about wanting his people to line up with a concept of consecrating something to him or setting something aside for the sake of him. Why? Because it lines them up for blessings, he wanted to bless his people, but he needed them to be obedient. So he's, he got serious about, look, this is mine. I want you to set it aside for me. And if you'll set it aside for me, I'm going to blow your mind with how much I'm going to bless you. Does it mean he's going to make you a millionaire? It's his prerogative if he wants to, he can. But I'm, you know, I've been paying tithes for years. I'm still not a millionaire, you know. Uh, I'm waiting on that televangelist to, you know, Kind of be right in my life, maybe, or something. So, anyways, hey, let's let's look at this real quick. Leviticus chapter twenty-seven, verse thirty and thirty-one, says, "A tithe of everything from the land, so ten percent of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of value of it. In other words, if you're going you're going to spend any of my tithe, you better pay it back with with five percent interest, right?" So, so God was pretty serious with these guys about it. Now, if you're not paying your tithe, am I going to be coming knocking on your door asking? No, this, this is all between you and God, okay? This is not, I'm not preaching uh, a, a police state here, okay? I'm trying to teach you a principle, and there's a reason for it. Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord, so basically he's saying, hey, you start counting your animals. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That tenth one, set it aside for me. And he actually goes on to say, don't start sorting the good and the bad. Don't be putting all the good ones first and set the bad ones back. You let it be whatever it is, and then you give it to the Lord. I, I've always been taught that you, you present your best to the Lord because he's worthy of it. Okay? Matter of fact, he's so, he's so serious about the tithe. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? So God says this, well, in tithes and offering, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. So this is a nation that stopped tithing. And because of it, God said, look, you're under a curse. Have you ever felt like your income and your livelihood and your household business is just like almost cursed? You can't get ahead? You can't move ahead. It seems like every time you think you're about to get ahead, all of a sudden, boop, another need crops up. Now, is this God making it happen to you? No, it's, it's 
because the you're not paying your tithes, you're, you're not aligning with a principle that will actually allow you to, to encounter the flow of, of blessing and provision that God wants to give his people. That's why he said, hey, you're, you're under a curse. And, and, and we're going to, now we're here in a few minutes, we're actually going to show you the second half of this verse, uh, of this passage, which is good news. Right now, I'm just trying to present to you how, how serious God takes the tithe. That he said, look, I'm going to give you all your needs I'm going to provide for you. Matter of fact, that's wealth. In the kingdom of God, that is wealth. Every single one of us are wealthy today. Because in the kingdom of God, wealth is not measured by how much you have, but how much you don't need. And he said, look, I'll provide all your needs for you. So, well, I don't have a personal jet plane. If you have a need for a personal jet plane for the sake of the kingdom, I can guarantee you God will make sure you get that jet plane. Whether he lets you borrow it or not. I don't have a Rolls Royce. If there is a need in your life for the kingdom's sake to have a Rolls Royce, I, I can assure you God will make sure you have access to a Rolls Royce, right? Uh, you know, if, 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 well, I don't have this or that. If that is a need that crops up. But in the meantime, is there anyone here that you honestly can say, I have a need that has prohibited me from functioning today? No, we've had everything we needed to get us here and to worship him and to be amongst each other. You're wealthy. Per the kingdom, you are wealthy, right? So why a tenth? This is the principle, and we're going to move along here really concise because I want to give Kate time to present the practical to you. But here's the spiritual principle. Why the tenth? Because the tenth, ten represents the whole. When you give a tithe or a tenth, you're actually saying, all of my income belongs to God. What in the world are you talking about, Dave? I'm glad you asked because I'm about to present it to you. Any mathematicians in here? Anyone? Andre, you're a mathematician? All right, you may, you may like laugh at me about this. All right, this is, this is how it's been explained to me by mathematicians in the past. Ten ultimately is about as high as you can count. If you can count to ten, you can, you can count beyond anything. Anything past ten is really just a group of ten. So if you say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and you go up to 11, you've really just started back over with 1. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, well, that's another group of 10 that we've just given a name to. Then you get to 20. 21, all of a sudden you've started back over with 1. It's just that we are categorizing that as another group of 10. 30, oh, there's another group of 10. So all the way up to a million, 100, 100 million, a billion, a Google, or whatever these numbers are that start getting out there. All groups of 10. Ultimately, 10 is all you're counting to and just regrouping it by 10s. So 10 actually represents the whole. If you can count to 10, you can count to any number, right? So if you can get 10, you can get the whole thing. So if God's, God's principle is if you will return a 10th back to me, I will count it as if... You've given me everything I've ever given you, as if you returned the whole lump sum back to me, and I will move on your behalf, and I will bless you accordingly, as if you returned every, trusted me enough to return everything, your whole livelihood to me. If you'll just bring a tenth back to me and trust me on it. Now, some, some of you got a little question mark over your head. Do you realize your whole salvation is based on the tithe? I'm not saying that you're saved because you tithe. I'm saying the principle of tithing 
is actually evident in your salvation. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, let's all say it. First of all, let me point out, what's the first thing you do when you love something? For God so loved the world that he, oh, gave, oh, snap, it's there, we can't get away from it. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave something very precious. What was it? His only begotten son, he, he gave his son, knowing that he would get his son back. But not only did he get his son back, the Bible says that Christ was the first fruits of all that would be redeemed. What's the first fruits? That's a tithe. So he tithed Christ. But he didn't just get Christ back. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We have been baptized into Christ. We have now put on Christ. All these scriptures that places us in Christ. We are now seated in heavenly places with Christ, the Bible says. So not only did he get Christ back, but he got you back and you back and you back and me back. So he sowed Christ. But what did he get in return? All of us, the whole lump sum of the body of Christ. Every believer that will ever be from the day of Pentecost on, he got them all back. Why? Because he sowed Christ. That's tithing. He sowed a portion and he got the whole lump sum back. So the whole principle of tithing is evident even in our own salvation. The whole principle of tithing goes all the way back to Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham... Uh, Abraham paid a tithe to the prince or the king of Salem. Or the prince or the king of, in Hebrew, it would be Shalom. Melchizedek was his name. The king or prince of Shalom. What does Shalom mean? Peace. He paid a tithe to the king or the prince of peace. Even Abraham paid a tithe to a Christ, to a prince of peace. So even Father Abraham laid down a precept for us in tithing, right? So the tenth represents the whole. That's, that's what's incredible, that when, when, you, when you are able to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this tenth, and I'm going to set it aside, and it's yours. Bless it. I'm returning it back to you. He's going to say, ah, you gave me a tenth. Now I can trust you with everything. I trust you as if you realize that everything I've given you is, 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 comes from me. Everything you're blessed with came from me, right? So here we go. Giving, especially now in the New Testament, giving is about worship. Tithing and giving deals with your attitude, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's why anything that we're talking about today, I don't want it to be about man manipulation. I don't want it to be about pressure. I'm not putting pressure on anybody. Uh, listen, what, what you do with your money is between you and God. Uh, how much you give is between you and God. I'm just trying to present a principle. Why? Because I don't want you to be robbed from an incredible blessing. I don't want your household to have a financial curse upon it. I, I want you to be in alignment uh, so, that you can, so that you can receive everything God has for you. Uh, there's a whole principle within the kingdom and within the way that he created the entire universe that before you can receive, there's got to be a giving. Everyone take a big, deep breath. 
Okay, before, you can exhale now. <laughs> I don't want anyone fainting. Before you could take that big deep breath, you had to release the air that was already in your lungs. You had to give it back out so that you could receive something else. That's the whole principle of, of, of before, before a, the tide can roll in, the tide has to go back out. Before you can have an oak tree, you've got to release the seed into the ground. One seed of an oak tree can produce an entire oak tree that produces thousands of seeds and hundreds and hundreds of potentials for more. So one tithe can produce, can produce a, 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 a measurable crop within your life, right? The blessing of giving. There we are. Now, let's go back to that verse in, in Malachi. Everyone still with me? Everyone say amen. amen. If you can't say amen, say oh me. Okay, we got an oh me. That's good. Well, a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me, but you ask how are we robbing you? And tithes and offering, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. But look at God's solution for this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. He's saying, man, just test me. Give me a try. Test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room, enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What he's saying is test me, trust me on that. If you'll just trust me, I will bless you in such a way that you're not even gonna be able to contain the blessing. You're not even going to know what to deal with. You're going to be blessed so much. You're going to have so much abundance. You're going to have to just start giving stuff away and blessing other people. Now, does that mean you're going to be a millionaire? No, it doesn't necessarily mean it's you're going to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean you're going to have a huge mansion. No, it doesn't mean any of that stuff. But it means this. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I, I have, I'm, I'm not saying this in a braggadocious way. I'm saying this as a testament to God. I, as a very, as a, as a young adult, I, I put tithing into to work for my life. It became a, a principle for me. Uh, I, I don't recall a paycheck that I ever got from that day on uh, that, that I did not give right off the top a tenth of the check. Now, some people argue, well, it needs to be the gross amount or the net amount or whatever. It's, look, that, that's going to be between you and God, okay? But, but there's not been, I can't remember a paycheck that I did not tithe and sow back into the kingdom with. And, and now, am I, am, am I a millionaire? No, but I'll say this. I've never missed a meal. It's very evident. <laughs> All right? Uh, I never missed rent or mortgage or a car payment. I've never gone without in my life. I've never spent uh, a night without a roof over my head unless I was intentionally camping, you know. Uh, I, I've, never, I've never had to worry about just lack in my life. And it's not because I've made a lot of money. I work in television, trust me. There's not a lot of money there, right? Uh, the, the, uh, and it's, it became most evident for me over this last season of my life when I honestly thought I was going to be without. Uh, I wasn't sure this past summer where I would land, what I would have. I honestly thought uh, uh, that I would wind up 
in, in some dark apartment with a bean bag and an old floor TV I pulled out of a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. But yet I was still faithful with the tithe because it belonged to God. It's not mine. It belongs to God. That's a decision I made in my life. And all the Lord kept asking me through this whole last season was, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I said, Lord, I have, I have no other choice. Trust me. I could have used that tithe because, you know, mathematically things, things should have, you know, man, I, Lord, I could, I could really put that to use. I could really use it because I don't know how much I'm going to have leaving out of here. And, and the Lord said, no, 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 no. Keep consecrating it to me. Set it aside for me and trust me. And yes, this scripture, this passage came to pass in my life that God would bless me in such an immeasurable way because I think he honored me for all my faithfulness all those years. And he's, he's honoring himself because of his faithfulness. And all the, all the years that I've been able to love on this neighborhood, that love returned back to me immeasurably. This last month, I've experienced more love than I've ever experienced in my life because the Lord has loved me through you guys and through this community. And, and the stuff that I received was incredible, but that's not really what touched my heart. It was the love that poured, poured, poured out on me. And, and I have been blessed. When I thought I was going, hitting rock bottom, the Lord blessed me immeasurably, just like the scripture said, to the point that I got stuff garage right now saying, I don't know where I'm going to put it in this house. Man, people have given me so much. And, and, and matter of fact, some things I've given to other people. So look, I don't have room for this. Somebody bless me with it. Hey, you take it and you be blessed with it. And, and not only that, I will, I, I'm not trying to open up my business for everybody, but I want to say this as a testimony to God. Uh, you know, I left out thinking how in the world, and Lord, I could use that tithe and, and man, I don't want to touch it because it's consecrated to you. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what, like the, through the whirlwind, all I know is where God set me up today, the only debt I have in my life is my, my mortgage. I don't know how that happened. If it weren't for the Lord. Yeah, somebody can clap. Go ahead and clap. I don't care. <laughs> let's, let's give God praise. So, yes, test me, says the Lord Almighty. See if you will not throw open the floodgates. Yeah, he flooded me. And pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Yeah, I don't have enough room to store it. He blessed me. So look at this. Luke 6.38 says, give. And this is the words of Jesus, right? So it should be in red. I'm sorry, I didn't make it in red. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with, measure, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's like, you ever packed, you seen flour packed? You got to like shake it, shake it, shake it, and get it, and it'll settle down, and then you pour more on top of it, shake it, shake it, press it down. So that's what he's talking about. So there's a great blessing of tithing and giving. Wherever you're at in your life right now, if you say, well, I'm not ready for tithing. Well, guess what? I'm not going to be pressuring you. No one's going to be calling you and pressuring you, okay? Uh, tithing is a very intimate form of worship. So... Wherever you're at, whatever you can give, I want to encourage you to give. Why? So it can line my pockets? No, it ain't lined in nobody's pockets. It's going to facilitate uh, this, this church. This. But wherever you're at, whatever you have, whatever feels right between you and God, give. If you go back and study it in the Old Testament, the word is, and as Kate's coming up here, see, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you guys See, that's, that's your way of knowing that I'm about to close, right? Uh, 
uh, wherever you're at in giving, just let God use you there. And as your confidence and faith in him grows, let God expand it however, however you and him see fit. The, the biggest thing is, if you go back and look at it throughout the, whole test, the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, oftentimes when the people of God would give uh, to ministry and give to the work of God, it would say that they gave out of the impulse of their heart. You heard about impulse buying? How about impulse giving? In other words, as they felt the Holy Spirit nudge them, they would give. Or as they felt that unction, they would give. It wasn't out of manipulation. It wasn't out of pressure. It wasn't out of guilt. Those are things that we'll never do for you here. But I don't want anyone here to miss out on the blessing of tithing, the blessing of giving. Those of you who participated in this, I'm telling you, there's a blessing in this. There's a blessing in this. Doesn't mean that all that money's coming back to you. I don't know how God's going to bless you. He may just bless you and the well-being of knowing that you've blessed another child. He may bless you. He may, uh, he may bless you with more faithfulness. He may bless you in many ways. I don't, it's, there's, there's far more blessings than just monetary blessings. But I, I will tell you this, that scripture in Malachi, I watched play out in the biggest way I've ever seen play out in the last month of my life. Amen. So let's, let's real quick, everyone take a big deep breath. When you exhale, say money. <laughs> Everybody still love me? Have I stepped on too many toes? No. God wants to bless us. God wants us to honor him, and he's going he's to honor us. Amen. Everyone say, hi, Kate. Good morning again. So Dave's talked a lot about the blessing of tithing, and I just wanted you to know in the interest of full transparency what happens to your money if it comes to this church. And so we have a slide somewhere coming. All right, good. So this is it. This is a kind of condensed down version. I've kind of combined a bunch of things. I didn't think you guys wanted to go through a 40-line budget. Um, but the very first thing that this church will do when you give to the church is tithe. 10% um, of any money that comes in will go to missions. So based on the projection that we have for 2020, and again, this is a, this is a faith budget that we are trusting the Lord um, that he'll give us, but that would be $11,000, and, and half of that will go to local missions in the, um, by gift to Mission Arlington, and the other half will go to international missions things like Operation Christmas Child, and we have some other things that we're investigating as far as where that will go as well. So we want you to know that we're not just saying that people should give. We believe really firmly that tithing is what the Lord asks of us and the church is tithing too. And I think that's an important principle. So the very first thing that we have on our budget is tithe. The second thing you see there in the largest chunk says personnel. And when you look at that, it looks like, okay, that's a pretty significant amount. But when we think about the fact that we are supporting a housing allowance for our senior pastor, our youth pastor, our children's pastor, honoraria for when people come and speak to us, we're including training in that. That includes insurance. You can see this gets down and down and down and down. When it comes to the four paid staff, they actually, nobody's taking home a whole lot. Um, everybody here is serving because they feel a calling to the Lord, um, and they're, most of them, um, also finding other ways to generate income so that they'll be able to do that. And so we feel really blessed that we have them. So that's the personnel line. 
The next line is um, our rent for this space. We actually pay $5,500 a year for this space, and then we have a small amount for equipment, um, purchased a few lights, a couple other things like that that we have on there. Uh, the next line is hospitality, outreach, and special events. So that's basically everything from our coffee to our printed materials to um, when we do a special event church-wide that the church provides some, some things for. All of that is the next line. Um, 11000 for that. Then following media and worship, um, that's the expense for all this great equipment so we can have our fantastic band and also um, some subscriptions and things like that that we use so that we can make our service um, flow smoothly. Youth and school ministry is the next one. And so that's the um, stuff under Ryan's purview where he's working with our kids from middle school up through high school. And we also have a ministry that he and Becca do in our local schools, in middle schools and high schools in the area. And they bring some snacks and stuff to kind of attract a little uh, attention so that they can speak into the lives of the kids in those schools. Um, children and nursery ministry. Uh, $5,000, and that's including a significant chunk for background checks. We want you to know we take security really seriously, and so we have invested in that. So anybody that's working with our children or in our nursery is going through a background check. Um, so that's included in that amount. Men's and women's ministries, just a small amount, about $600 each to help with things like our women's retreat, our men's Bible study, some things like that. Um, those are pretty self-sufficient ministries, but we put a little there, uh, so occasionally we could do a little refreshments or something like that. Um, computer, internet, and service fees, $3,000. About 2000 of that is um, fees that we have to pay when we take payments from PayPal. Uh, the other 1000 pays for our web domain and some other um, subscriptions that we have that make it easy for us to be able to serve you with our online presence. And then the last one is insurance. And unfortunately, in our litigious society, every organization needs to have some liability insurance. So that's the last one. So the total comes out to $110,000 that we're hoping for for um, 2020. That's probably, according to what we're projecting, thirty dollars to $40,000 more than we will have um, received during 2019. Now, we're growing as a body. This is not a ridiculous kind of faith budget, but it is a faith budget that's going to require um, gifts from a wide variety of people. In 2019 so far, we've had about 25 what we call giving units. That's a household or, or a family that has given that we have record of even $1 to support the church. And those gifts are... They range really greatly from $25 to in the thousands of dollars um, as far as that goes. But I think it's interesting to know that as far as people that have given gifts in a way that we can track it, either given online or given by a check that has their name on it, um, we only have actually about 25 households that, that have been giving. So if we can expand that just a little bit, we'll easily be in the position that we that we have to reach our budget line. Now, we're going to be tracking that 
And as we go along, if we're not making budget, that means we're going to have to pull back. There'll be, have to be some things that we don't do because we want to be good stewards with, with the funds, with the money. So um, you will never hear us pressuring you to give from the front here. But we just want you to know this is where your money goes. This is the good work that your church is doing. And if you want to be a part of that, fantastic.